You are listening to the Not Another Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, David and Jason. Welcome to the Not Another Sports Podcast, Episode 8. This is the home of sports talk for everyone. I'm David. I'm Jason. Welcome aboard. So, it seems like an ongoing topic before we even get into the main ones is Jason's fantasy football. Yay. And how much, and how much he actually hates it <laughs> and loves to rage quit. It's, it's the same topic. I mean, it's the same discussion as last week uh, or last episode, I should say. Doesn't seem yeah, like you want to throw too- something out the window. No, it's just my team is riddled with injuries. I can't, and I'm not, I'm not the only one dealing with it, thank God. Um, so there's others you who feel my pain. You Ravens, do you? No, the missus does. She has their quarterback who tested <laughs> positive. So, now, now, I will say, going into my matchup in my office league, I'm projected to win by 12 points. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Deshaun Watson put up 44 points for me yesterday. So Yay. I have no complaints about that. <laughs> I'm not even talking about my two quarterback league at this point. That's just a lesson in futility, but. Oh, well, Hey, what can you do? Uh, at least you didn't have the Ravens players at all. I don't think I have any Ravens players. I, there are certain teams I just try not to draft people from just because uh, you know how their systems are. If I was going to take anything from the Ravens, it'd probably be their, their defense right now. Uh, but even with their record this year, I dodged a bullet with that. They're six and four. Uh, I purposely do not draft any Eagles because I just think there's nothing but bad juju with the Eagles. Um, Dallas, I try to stay away from as well, simply because again, it's Dallas. Yeah, I'm not going to pick people from teams who have really bad play systems. So I try to stick with certain teams. Well. Uh, I don't think Stanford did much for you. Or, or, or Stafford? Stafford. Yeah, yeah Stafford's in no, my uh, two-quarterback league, and yeah, he didn't do anything. But he went against the Texans, and Watson's in my, my office league, and he did well. So that's good part good, part bad. The worst thing about my season is going into the season, Juju Smith-Schuster was the number one wide receiver in the draft. He was the highest-ranked wide receiver. He was an easy first-round pick. I took him as my number one pick, and because no, in the ass. he's still a good wide receiver for real-life football, but because the Steelers have gone to kind of a wide receiver by committee kind of deal because they have a lot of good options, and because he's been so willing to help other guys step up their game as wide receivers, he's, like, meaningless now in fantasy football, so... My sure shot pick to do really great for me has done nothing. Oh, besides warming a bench. No, he's he's playing. He's just he's more of like a third down threat than a a field goal a field line or goal line threat. Sorry. But hey, fun times. <laughs> I've been doing this for eight nine years, and this is really the worst season I've had. So I have no com- overall. I shouldn't complain. What would be the fun in that? There's people who play every year and they have god awful teams every year. So, and they probably complain every single year. Then you get those people who are 
what those r- random drafts uh, they don't even pick they just get people thrown into it and they do oh great. people who auto draft yeah people who auto draft suck um <laughs> <laughs> now, because they because they always do well i will say there's probably plenty of people who listen to this who 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 are in fantasy leagues with me or who have been in fantasy leagues with me and they can tell you that even if my team is good i will bitch about my team because I absolutely have no faith in my team, no matter how good they are. Shocking. What? <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's true. I, I'm not going to lie about it. I was undefeated the one season in my, in my office league. And I said to the guy, I, one of the people who listened to it, um, I said to him, ah, oh, you're going to beat me in the, in the playoffs no matter what. So it doesn't matter. He goes, but you have the best record. I go, you have the most points. I go, it's going to end at some point for me. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> the fantasy football soapbox. Ah, it's not a soapbox. Just my views on fantasy football in general. Well, since we mentioned the Steelers and some of their players, that seems like a good uh, way to go into their first topic. The Steelers are 10 and 0. Question is, can they go all the way to having a perfect season? Now, a lot of Pittsburgh fans are probably hating us at this point because basically a jinx. It's just like in you go to a hockey game and you yell the goal is going to get a shutout. What normally happens? A goal goes in. But you know, we all love Pittsburgh here. Never mind. Um, so, can the Steelers go ten? You know, can have a perfect season? They're eight ten and zero. Can they do it? Well, so looking at the records of everyone they got to play yet, they are at some point going to play the Ravens in the near future. That could change. Whenever. Who knows? <laughs> Whenever that's going to be. Um, the COVID Ravens. Um, so the Ravens record right now is six and four. Uh, the next, the game after that, they play Washington who are, if I had it up, yeah, I could tell yeah, you. Washington, yeah. Washington. They're uh, actually four and seven since they won. Uh, I think it was Thursday night. Okay. Yeah. They because got, they, yeah. 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 They beat Dallas. Cleveland seven and three. The Colts are seven and three. The Bengals are two and seven. The Bills are seven and three. So there's a good chance they could do it based on the records of the teams they're playing. But now, in any sport, any team can win on any given week. So you can't take anything for granted, especially in professional football, where it's a, a schedule wise it's not long it's not a long season compared to baseball football hockey or baseball hockey basketball football has a short season compared to other other leagues um so every game is is a must win for the most part um well the thing is though it doesn't matter what your record going into let's say the playoffs because we've seen how many times we've seen hockey teams go from just barely making all the way to the finals and winning numerous times so just because you you know you win the top seed does not mean you're going to do much but comparatively i mean the nfl doesn't have a second season for their playoffs 
So, no, it's just, you know, you, you, when you go home and just move on. Right. Um, so I, I mean, on, on paper, I didn't think this year's team was going to be, I figured they would be competing. I didn't think they'd be undefeated at this point in the season. Um, but I mean, here's the thing. They have, they have options at wide receiver, as I stated earlier. Um, they, as always, they have a great defensive line. That's what Pittsburgh's always known for is that iron curtain defense. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I'm actually, there's a part of me that does, that does not believe this team's that good knock on wood because they are the, the Steelers and the Steelers have a long history of really great teams. I don't know if I, if they go undefeated, obviously this is going to be the greatest Pittsburgh team ever, but I find that I'm almost torn on it because they had teams with guys like Heinz Ward and Troy Palomalu on them who are great players and they lost okay. games. Exactly. How is it this team is the, you know what I mean? There's a part yeah. that's like, wow, I can't believe that this is the Steelers team that's undefeated so far. Well, it's just that chemistry. It's just that right group. I mean, yes, you have the, you know, well, look at the Rangers back in the 90s. They had all these all-stars. Everybody expected them to win a Stanley Cup after uh, 94 with all these, you know, all-star players, but they couldn't do anything. So maybe this is what you need, a team full of not high all-star players, not high-end players, but players that gel better than having – because if if you have a team of all-stars, everybody's thinking, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. Even though – and, and, you, and you, you can barely work together with that. Here, if you have a team that, like, let's you know, the Steelers this year so far, hey, what can I do to help you out? What can I do, you know? everybody helping each other to get to, you know, to winning. Right. And, and well, and I think a lot of this also falls on, on the, the team mentality itself. I mean, Mike Tomlin, I would say Mike Tomlin's a great coach and he's proven that how oh, many yeah, times now. And I think he, oh, he, has. he fosters a team atmosphere where it's team first. And I mean, look at the guys who, who didn't, who were in that system got full of themselves and look at what happened when they left. Not much. Exactly. So players benefit in this, in this system. And for as much as I was getting on Juju Smith Schuster for being crappy as a fantasy player this year, what he's doing for the team is so much more valuable, obviously, because he's helping a, a young guy like Chris Claypool come into his own as a wide receiver. And he's doing great stuff this year for this team. He's really stepping up, Juju is, as, as a team leader. And that means a lot more overall than fantasy points does for some schlub in Williamstown. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what yeah, he's doing, schlubs. He, he went from being this – he still is a great wide receiver. He's now a great team leader, which is far more valuable than personal stats. Well, like you said, there's those players who, well, like we discussed earlier with this, uh, there's some players that are good third, you know, third, fourth down players when you need that extra yardage, whether it be a receiver or running back. And there's your primary guys for the first and second downs. Right. You know, sometimes you do need that player who is good in the clutch to get that extra yards needed to get a first down or to get the ball and get out of bounds quick. You know, those, those players who are good for short yardage. 
you know, who knows? I'm a big proponent of having people in the locker rooms for, for in different sports as as veterans, people who've been playing for years and have something to still contribute. So I like that the Steelers added um, Eric Ebron in the off season this year as a tight end because he brings veteran experience. He's a guy who was always in the mix everywhere he played. And I think he adds a really cool element to the team as, as, as a tight end, he's basically another wide receiver. That's yeah. how he plays tight end. You can either be like a tight end. Who's really more of a blocker. You can be a tight end. Who's more of a wide receiver. He's a tight end. Who's more of a wide receiver. So that's yet another, another option for the Steelers to throw to. And he has a veteran experience to bring to that team as well. And that's just, it's those little things that you can do in the off season to really bolster a team and the team's uh, attitude. Oh yeah. I mean, when you can, when, well, even with a time, like you just said, you know, he, he's a receiver more than a blocker of a tight end, but also to me, a tight end is one of those, one of those positions to where you're not there for long yardage. You're there for short yardage. Right. And well, look at, uh, at, uh, Oh, I'm drawing a blank here. Kittle for San Francisco. Well, you don't like him? No. In my other league, he was one of my top draft picks. <laughs> and he's on the injured reserve right now. So it's, it's yeah. been a, sh- a crap season. Sorry. Yeah. But he's one, of those, he's one of those tight ends who he can catch, he can block, and he's a hell of a player. He's a freaking beast. That's what he is. Yes. He's, I want to say he's more than a beast, but we'll go with that for this. He's a, I, w- I would comparatively I – w- I, I always like Greg Olson as a tight end. And I see a lot like Kittle's almost like Greg Olson times 10. After what he did against in the Saints game last year, where with a face mask, he basically still ran a good X amount of yardage while somebody tugging on his, on his helmet. So exactly. You know, you know, whether we blocking somebody, I mean, the way he blocks, it's like he'll he'll make a hole for somebody to run through it. That's no question about that. But when you when you, when you look at the history of going so far undefeated, the closest one that we've had so far was the Patriots back in 2007 when they went 18 and 0 and then lost in the Super Bowl. So that's the closest we've ever had to a perfect season. Now we've had teams go 13 well, and 0, 14 let's, and 0. Let's restate that. In our lifetimes, it's the closest. Yeah. We've yeah, in our lifetimes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because there's probably teams that the have 72 Dolphins are the ones who went undefeated. Yeah, this is why we're talking about this because of that. I mean, they've been, you know, they have set that bar high to have that perfect season. They have set that to where it's not easy to go undefeated. Well, just in any sport, whether it be for 10 games, even five games, it's hard to go undefeated for, you know, and, 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 and that's just any sport. I think in some regards, um, well, it's great. To, obviously the big sports channels love talking about the undefeated streaks and, and the 72 dolphins and all that. But I mean, if you're, a real diehard sports fan, or if you're even just an educated sports fan, 
you you understand that the game itself has changed so much since the Dolphins went undefeated. Oh yeah, absolutely. Between rules and everything else, I mean, right. You know, how right now you can't even tap somebody without getting a flag. Right. There's a lot of concussion protocol, and for good reason. Let's not act like. I mean, we go on constantly about player safety with COVID, but that's. I mean, the NHL is the same way. There's concussion protocol now. Yeah. It's looking out for these guys' future life after the game. Whereas in the 70s, guys were getting out, outright clotheslined <laughs> for, the, for a tackle. They weren't even going for a tackle. They were just full-on hooking the guy's head with a clothesline. So it's yeah. to- totally different speak- sport now. <laughs> are you speaking from experience with the clothesline thing? Oh, that's a different sport. <laughs> Still, clothesline's a clothesline. <laughs> I was asked for a stoppage of play by any means. I, I did what I had to do on the field of battle. Um, yeah, anyway. And then, somebody, and then you have some idiot in the stands cheering it. You were coming back from the snack bar. <laughs> and I was cheering? No, I was in the stands when I saw it. You were coming back from the snack was bar because you were walking towards me. <sighs> okay, so in soccer, we're going to deviate. I'm trying to remember the whole I'm – try, I'm, I'm trying to remember here. Okay, so when I was playing soccer, my coach may not have been the, a great coach by any means. He had a lot of, lot of flaws as a person. May or may not have been living in the school illegally at the time. <laughs> Jeez. Um, he that, asked, I, that I didn't know. Yes, he was living illegally in the school and he was stealing food from the home ec fridge. That's... <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I was asked to get a stoppage of play by any means necessary. The coach said, I do not care how you do it. I want the play stopped. Um, so I was on defense and the striker come, came running up to me and I close the shit out of him. That was funny. And I remember... After I closed, because, God, I turned the kid inside out. Um, yes, you did. Um, I remember went, looking up, flipping. and you're rounding the corner from the end zone, because we played on the football field. You're rounding the corner from the end zone, like, approaching the, the bleachers. And I just see you jump up with your arms up. You're like, yeah! <laughs> when, I mean, you, you don't see that stuff in soccer, so when it happens... And you can't, I mean, don't get me wrong. Soccer is one of those sports to where if you tap somebody, they, they're flopping around like a fish, like you just shot them. But when you actually make somebody flop, <laughs> that calls for a celebration because it's something that you couldn't fake that one. Because <laughs> he literally just flew. I apologized to the kid after the game. I actually I felt pretty bad after I saw. How... <laughs> I wonder if he actually remembered that you apologized. Oh, uh, no, I hit him across the chest. I didn't hit him throat area. Yeah, but when he landed. I just worked tight, brother. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was funny. Oh, that was great. <laughs> now, with this, now, we don't have to talk of the 72 Dolphins going 17-0. 14-0. No, 17-0. Well, sorry. 17-0. 17 17 yeah, sorry. Now, you have teams that have gone with a total of 
like, like what like what do you classify as a perfect season? Like in in all terms, the Patriots did have the record of because they had they went eighteen and zero at one point, but yes, they did lose to the Super Bowl. I think for but the they NFL's, went eighteen and zero. I think for the NFL's purposes, it's you have to win every game plus the Super Bowl. So because well, yeah, the Pats season, lost, yeah, because the Pats lost in the Super Bowl, it, it's it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. For a perfect technically, season, yes. Technically, yes. The Patriots had a, a um, had a one game longer undefeated streak than the Dolphins, but because they lost in the Super Bowl, the Dolphins are still considered the standard bearer of an undefeated season. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're going a complete season, yeah. I mean, but you know, they went eighteen and zero, but yes, they lost to the Super Bowl, which it seems like the Patriots just cannot beat the Giants. <laughs> oh, and that mouth breather Eli that they had. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the, I mean, <laughs> God, he just looked stupid constantly. I mean, not like stupid, like he made bad decisions constantly. I mean, like every time the camera would come on him in a game, he would look just dumb. It, well, he might have looked like he had gas and was trying to pass it. You know, he could have tried to let one rip into, you know, when he was on the field. Who knows? It's like someone had to teach him how to blink. Um. <laughs> I will never blink. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, the, the closest one since then would have to be, I want to say, the 15 Panthers end up going 14 and 0. Overall, 17 and 2. Yeah, losing to the Super Bowl. And their first loss was to the Falcons. So, yeah. Um, I mean, right now the Steelers are going 10 and you know like like we said earlier it's never easy to go it's never easy to go anywhere past 10 games undefeated right and I think this season going 10 10 games undefeated is pretty impressive when you consider all the teams that have had COVID issues all the amounts of injuries teams have had that's pretty remarkable this season that that they're at this point 10 and 0 well, right now on the reserve list, they have four players on on the COVID list. So, it, you know, it's just one of those things to where of all those injuries, like you just said, you know, with everything going on, it it, it is. Any, any team that's having a great season, it's kind of hard to believe because of, one, their past – like let's say the Bills, yeah. for starters, they never really uh, had had good seasons. So, not since the nineties. No, yeah, especially when you go uh, four Super Bowls in a row and lose. Yeah, you know, I mean, so it's hard to. <laughs> I mean, how do you even do that when you go four Super Bowls in a row and can't win one? <laughs> That's mean, almost. I mean, you. You don't want to say that falls on on the coaching. But it just falls on po- dumb luck. Is it dumb luck though? I mean, at some point you have to be able to win the big one, and if you can't win the big one, there's an issue in in the system of that team. 
Yeah, especially when you can make it four times in a row. It's hard to make it two times in a row, let alone four. Yeah. You know, but, you know, maybe the Steelers will go the undefeated. Like I said, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's hard to do that. It, it Will it be interesting to see if they can do it? Yeah, it will. You know, I know your wife is going to love it if they do. <laughs> as well as some of uh, uh, some of my other friends that love the Steelers, they're going to be joyful that they, you know, go all the way and win it. If they can go have an undefeated season. Now, if they do that, let's just say theoretically they do. Will they say they're tied with the Dolphins as an undefeated season? Or will they hold the Steelers top notch because of the amount of games? Uh, that's going to be the interesting question of how they're going to actually play that. Well, their last regular season game is going to be January 3rd. That's week 17. So if they go to week 17 undefeated, they're still going to have the playoffs to deal with. So if they win all the way through the playoffs and win the Super Bowl, they're going to be the new standard bearer for the NFL's undefeated streak. So, yeah, because, of, because the Dolphins only had 17 games. Right. And that's including playoffs. Well, and you got to think there were less, there's more teams now. Yeah. So you have to count for that. But I mean, at this point, if the Steelers do it, they're going to be the new, the new standard for the undefeated season. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things to where, I mean, yeah, they're going to be matched up with the Dolphins. They're going to be compared to the Dolphins because of being the undefeated. But it's going to be interesting to see if they can do it. And I actually think, I don't know if this, if I'm quoting this wrong, but I think the members of that season still get together at the end of every season or in the season when the last undefeated team is, is defeated. Nice. Throw a party like, oh, we're left. Give me a second. I want to see if I can confirm that or not. We're still going, you know, going that long, you know, going that long of, uh, you know, of even just anything uh, in any sport, 17 games. I mean, 10 games, like we said earlier, is always, always hard to do. Yeah, right. So it's not like it's a uh, easy thing. Now, Coach Shula, though, he definitely was a coach of the era for, for that. You would have to be. <laughs> you know. Uh, I think his son – doesn't his son coach the uh, Panthers? You know, I do not know. Hold on. I have a feeling I want to say yes. But even then, I mean – but even then, just to keep coaching in the family is, is you know, something always interesting, something always to, you know, to have there. You know, uh, he has uh, a son who's a quarterback coach for the Broncos, and he has another son who is the wide receiving coach at Dartmouth. I thought there was a Shula at one point. 
that was with the Panthers. Like I said, I could be wrong. The the one who was the quarter the one who's the quarterback coach for the Broncos. It's Mike Shula. Uh, in 2011 to 2017, he was with the Panthers. Gosh, that's probably what I was thinking. I thought he was the, the actual coach of them. Oh, thank God for Wikipedia. Yep. But like we said, this will be the question of will they do it? I know it's early of saying 10 and 0. A lot of Pittsburgh fans probably hating us because we're jinxing them. So, <laughs> hate away. <laughs> but hey, where is the Super Bowl held at this year? You know, I do not know. I forget. I, I had it. I was, it was this conversation I was talking earlier on with somebody and I just can't remember where we said it was. Raymond James stadium in Florida, Tampa, Florida. So it's going to be where the, the bucks play where it's a hot spot. Where isn't it at this point? Yeah. Right. Now the question is now it would be interesting though. If it's where the bucks play. Wouldn't it be an interesting Super Bowl to have Brady and the Patriots play? Maybe. I think it'd be an interesting one just because it's like, eh, I left you, you know. I'm bet you know, I've gone somewhere better in you know, in his mind probably. But hey. Now, that actually gives a good uh, segue into our next topic here. The surprising drafted, undrafted picks. And look who's at the top of that list right that we have. Tom Brady. Well, now, we've st- I've stated before that he's someone that obviously is, is unlikable for a variety of reasons. Yeah. But you have to respect the work he had to put in to get to where he was. Because oh, yeah. he, I mean, he was a late round draft pick. He had to earn his spot after Bledsoe went down with an injury. Well, when, when you go six round, 199 pick, and then you come out with six Super Bowls coming a, that late. A 20-year career. You know, that says a lot. Right. You don't luck into that situation. No. You and, have to prove yourself. You have to... <clears throat> show that hey i'm here to stay and he and, did and let, let's be honest he's we're gonna he's gonna get judged for the season he's having with tampa bay oh, he's yeah. 43 freaking years old and this and is only the, have, the second team he's ever played for yeah and he doesn't have his normal arsenal <clears throat> you know he doesn't have his normal players that he had before so it's not like he can rely, you know, he knows the route, you know, he's just learning well, the routes of everybody on top of not having a preseason to, you know, to help learn these routes better in game situations. So he's just thrown into this and saying, good luck. But let's not, I mean, Godwin and Evans, who would be his, his targets with the Bucks, aren't slouches by any means though. No, no, it's just like, you know, when you're so used to having, your normal people that you can close your eyes and throw a ball to, and you know, they're going to catch it compared to you actually now have to look. 
I mean, don't right. get me wrong. He has Gronk. <laughs> yeah, but Gronk is is a shell of his former self based on concussions. Oh, yeah. He's had so many. You know, he's been in and out how long? You know, numerous so, I mean, times. He's not, he's not much to think about when it comes to being a tight end. Now, I feel that Brady, once he actually does retire, first year of eligibility, he'll be in. I would say that's that's a, a foregone conclusion because the career even he's with, had. Well, even with because I I mean not only they're going to look at his overall career, but they're also going to look at the scandals that he had. Which but now, how many of the scandals that he? It's well with him. It's really the the flake gate. The flake gate. I think a lot of that, the other that's really Pat scandals he, fall on Belichick. On, yes. Yeah. So. The, the, the flake, I think they're going to look at that. I think they're going to pass over that because it's just one thing and he's won six Super Bowls from that. He's lost a couple, but he's won more than he's lost. Right. So when it comes to big game situations, he proved that he can show. Now, he did lose two to the Giants, one to the Eagles. But when you have six rings and you went 199, Every team that passed you before, you can just say, "Hey, look what I got." Right. Yeah. And just again, justifiably. Obviously, you'd like to, and I think, I think he actually, for the grief he gets, I think he's he would probably be humbled by that situation. Um, but he'd have every right to kind of be a, a prick about it. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I would be if I got passed up by so many teams, go one ninety nine, and then come out to win six Super Bowls, four Super Bowl MVPs out of that six. Yeah, I'm going to have to chip my shoulder and say, ha-ha, look what I have. Screw y'all. And again, as I stated earlier, he earned it. Oh, yeah. Well, you can complain about him all you want, but you got to respect the fact that he worked to get where he was. Well, he has six Super Bowls, four MVPs, uh, three NFL Most Valuable Players, two NFL Offensive Player of the Years, three first-team All-Pro, two second-team All-Pros, 14-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, but no now, one cares about the Pro Bowl. No, but it, you know, it shows The Pro like, Bowl hey, is the most... It's, uh, yeah, it, it's the most useless all-star game in sports. <laughs> it, it is, but being that, hey, I'm nominated to go there, you know, yeah, playing it's one thing, but just being nominated to just be like, hey, I'm having a great season here. I am, you know, play. Yeah, you are right. The all-star game or the pro ball game for the NFL is kind of, you know, ridiculous. It's more like a, I, I mean, if you, if it. you were to compare it to the NBA all-star game and the NHL all-star game or the MLB all-star game and all the activities that surround it, the pro bowls, is just, no one watches it. No one cares. Well, then this year they changed, or I should say last year they changed it to where you win money or something like the NHL turned to. Don't know. The past few seasons. They don't watch. True. <laughs> I mean, because I know the NHL has done that where they turn into a three-on-three tournament and the winner gets, you know, the team splits a million dollars. Yeah, I, I honestly but, don't know. But I, I do like how they have it in baseball where the winning team gets a home field advantage. Right. You know, that, well, that, that, that makes that it worth nice. something. Oh, yeah. 
know, because, you know, you, you get that ballpark that you love so much. And, you know, you can, you, if you go seven games, you play in it for that seven. And in a few years, it's going to be in Philly. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Something we got to look into. I want to I say it's be fun. 2024, but. Still something we have to look into. You know, I mean, well, with Brady, with Patriot, when when you spend 19 seasons with one team, that does say a lot about you and how good you are. And plus, 2026. So we can look into it if we remember. (laughs) We should have a vaccine by then. So (laughs) maybe. Who else would knows? We'll come out with those killer hornets and everything. But hey. But yeah, with. You know, with Brady just going to the Buccaneers, I think a lot of it's going to be they're going to look at this season. But to me, this season shouldn't really matter. Him going to the Hall of Fame, it shouldn't matter. You know, if he even if he, if he, if he has a horrible season, it shouldn't matter because of how well he did with the Patriots and in all his accomplishments throughout. So, so who's uh, who's next on the list that uh, we want to look at? Why don't you talk to us about Brett Hall? Golden Brett, yeah, Brett Hall. He was definitely uh, definitely a player that you didn't really expect to go far. You know that he they they, they passed out. Even Team Canada didn't want him. Yeah, Team Canada did not want him. They passed him up. And when you look at the career he's had, it's it's crazy to think about that. Yeah, and he ended up playing because I think his yeah his dad was Canada, his mom his his dad was Canadian, his mom was American. So he decided then to move to Team USA, where not only that he see here he played for four different teams, no five different teams. The Flames, the Blues, the Stars, the Wings, and the uh, ended with the Coyotes. But his draft was, you know, he ended up going 117th overall. Yeah, and he was inducted. Round. Yeah, and he was inducted in 2009 into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I mean, when you go that that late and make it to the Hall of Fame, that says something. Here's the thing. When I think of, of Brett Hall, I think of Wicked Shot. I think of St. Louis. When I think of St. Louis, I think of Brett Hall. Oh yeah, he's, he's oh he's, yeah, absolutely. He is synonymous with that team. And that oh, says yeah. a lot about the quality of player he was that when you think of that team to this day, you're thinking of Brett Hall. And he hasn't played there since what, nineteen ninety eight. Was yep, his last season ten, there. Yeah, he spent 10 years there. Then he moved to Dallas to where he won his first Stanley Cup in the controversial goal. But, yeah, I mean, you know, when you go that, like I said, when, when, when you go that late in a draft and end up in the Hall of Fame with that type of career, to actually be in the Hall of Fame with your dad. Right. You know, to say, hey, I'm in the Hall, you know, I'm right next to my dad in the Hall of Fame. Now, there's not a lot of players that can say that. You know, 
I mean, how much pressure do you think he had on him knowing his dad, you know, when he was in the NHL playing for Chicago, the reputation he had, you know, that he had the shoes he had to fill. Right. And I think he more than lived up to that clearly. Oh yeah. I mean, not only do you have the shoes you have to fill, but also going late in the draft like he did. So he was a long shot by a, a big margin, but to be able to, you know, to, to do that, that does say a lot. And, and here's, here's, you know, a thing to think about, and it goes back with Brady. A lot of these guys get in the hall of fame because of their work ethic. Their work ethic is such that they're going to make sure that they are the best at what they do, if not one of the best at what they do. Oh, you're yeah. not, you're I mean, not going to get into the Hall of Fame on osmosis. You're going to get into the Hall of Fame because you hustled and you, you did everything you could to, to be a great player and to make your teams that much better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he has two Stanley Cups. Three-time All-Star. Yep. <clears throat> so, I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely a player who was a long shot and paid off. And think about – okay, so think about this. In his, his final full season in the NHL, he played 81 games. Think yeah. about that. His, his final full season, he played 81 games. Now think of the wear and tear already on his body by that point. Oh, yeah. And the fact that – now, he's had a tremendous career by far. 19 seasons. Yep. So, so, so if you think about that for in 19 seasons, not only did he surpass his dad in goals, he is actually one of, he is ranked fourth overall in goals because right now there's only eight players in the NHL that are in the 700 club. And only one of those players are active. And that's Alexander Ovechkin, who is chasing Gretzky. So that's another guy who's going to be a lock for the Hall of Fame. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, yes. He has one Stanley Cup, but he's a, for his accomplishments, he's a lock, especially for going, you know, he's a natural goal scorer. He's just a natural beast. You know, he well, has I don't think. Winning a championship is a prerequisite to get into a Hall of Fame, though. No, but it does help going in. It does help to cement your legacy going into the Hall of Fame. It does, some, it, it, it does help cement that. I would say Ovechkin's a generational talent where it's going to be years before you get someone like that again. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're not going to see that type of talent for X amount of years now. But no, there's numerous of players that went to the Hall of Fame without a Stanley Cup. I mean, look at Pavel Bure. Look at uh, oh, who else? Uh, there's I mean, there's a, there's a number of players that went into the Hall of Fame without a Stanley Cup. Well, you got to think about it. I mean, I think we've talked about Ray Bork before. I think he would have went in had he not won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, he would have went in. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Jerome McGinley went in without a Stanley Cup. So ah, uh, poor McGinley. Right. Uh, I think Paul Korea went in without a Stanley Cup. So I, I, I just think it's a Stanley. Uh, I, th- I think winning a championship in general cements your legacy on accomplishments. 
not only does what you have, you know, what, what you've accomplished so far, like let's say for Brett Hull, fourth overall, let's say he hasn't won a Stanley Cup with Dallas or, or Detroit. I think he still would have went in being fourth overall right. in goals. I still think he would have win. Now winning a Stanley Cup or two, I think cemented that as a great to go in. Now let's say he doesn't win one. He may not go in first round or second round. You know, you know, first or second year eligibility. But I think winning a championship really says, okay, yep, you go, you know, he's nominated first round. Right. I think it's one of those types of things. No, it's not required, but I think it gets you into where you're in there sooner than later. So, but no, he won't. I mean, when, when you can sit behind, not don't get me wrong. That's a lot. It's well over a hundred goals, but when you can sit behind Wayne Gretzky in goals and being fourth behind him, I say that's quite an accomplishment. I agree with that. Yeah. Because he, uh, because Wayne Gretzky's at 894 and Hull's at 741. So, I mean, he's only 153 goals behind him. And the way he was, I mean, he could have probably, if he would have stayed in the NHL, I feel maybe two or three more seasons, maybe actually three or four, he might have it. You know, he, he, he might have had him. So, but uh, I think Ovechkin, he's going to come close, whether he hits it or not, depending on how healthy he stays with everything that goes on. I mean, I this, think even now he's a, he's a lock. So, oh, he's a lock for Hall of Fame, absolutely. But I'm just <clears> saying, uh, just saying, catching Wayne, you know, just, just, just catching Gretzky's uh, record. It's going to take, you know, will he be able to do it? Despite one, he's getting older and you know, getting older, and without playing, because right now we should be you know, a month into the NHL or just over a month into the NHL season right now. He should have had maybe a month left in last year's season to, you know, to get that far because all the goals that he scored during last year's, uh, you know, let's say round Robin didn't go towards this. Right. So, you know, he could have had more, but now, like I said, we should be just over a month in the season. He should have more. So he should be getting closer to Mike Gardner and closer to Brett Hall. I think he still so, has plenty of time in his career yet where he can make a solid run. So, uh, he, If he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, well, that's that's, that's, like, that's going to be the X factor no matter what. So. Yeah, but I mean, and so far he's gotten knock on wood lucky on all that to keep going. But like I said, with Brett Hall, he was just, he was just a hell of a player. He was hell of a shot. You know, when you can do everything he's done and everything, you know, all his years of accomplishments. But like you said, as soon as you think Brett Hall, you think St. Louis. And even when St. Louis won the Stanley cup, where was Brett Hall? Right at the forefront. You know, he was there celebrating. His Twitter handle has blues in it, so I mean, oh yeah. So he he care he still cares very deeply about that team, and that's again says a lot about him as a as a person and a player. Oh yeah, I mean he's definitely. I mean he's definitely one of those players who 
I think stays with an organization that that really, you know, shows a lot for a player. You know, like they care for him, he cared back. Right. And that shows a lot. So that yeah, I mean that's I think either way he definitely deserves to be where he's at for everything he's accomplished. Despite Canada not even taking him. <laughs> Just like Oglethorpe. Um, <laughs> right. Slap shot. So that young man, that young man had, a, had a trying season, though. Um. <laughs> nope, can't go there because some of the comments <laughs> we can't say. <laughs> we definitely can't say how many of those comments, despite how clean we may think uh, they are. Oglethorpe. Oh. But no, I think just because he, you know, everything he's done, filled the shoes that he did. He, you know, he definitely not only being a late draft pick, but I mean, hell, he didn't even play. He wasn't even drafted by St. Louis, and he cares about them more than the Flames. <laughs> well, the Flames drafted him in '84, right? I mean, he went 117th. So. But I still find it funny, though, how Canada didn't even take him. So he went to U.S. And then, sure enough, beats him in the 96 uh, World Cup of Hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there actually is a documentary, and I forget what it's called on that alone. But uh, it's definitely... Yeah, definitely something to... I mean, now now in his Wikipedia saying his national team's U.S., despite it showing his dad's Canadian, his mother's U.S. Right. It's funny enough is his mother was a figure skater. According to his Wikipedia, Wikipedia, his mother was an American (laughs) professional figure skater and taught him how to skate. Then he had some solid basics. Yeah, that's definitely for sure. Definitely for sure. Let's talk so, about uh, a baseball player. And this baseball player was a 12-time All-Star, a 10-time Silver Slugger Award winner at Catcher. And he just so happened to be drafted 1,390th overall <laughs> in the Major League Baseball draft. Let's talk about, about a Mike long Piazza. shot. Yes, he's definitely a player that deserves to be where he sits right now. And let me just get this out of the way. Apparently, a very controversial figure that I was not aware of. So I made oh. reference last episode to the Baseball Together podcast that I'm friends with those guys who hosted Brad and Brig. And I'm an admin of their Nine Plus Us VIP group. So we were doing some to before the season and, and during the season, we were doing polls and tournaments to see um, best baseball movie, best team, blah, blah, blah. Right. And the first one we did was most overrated player. The amount of anger towards Mike Piazza and the amount of people who thought he was overrated was just beyond me. Cause to me, I think he's one of the greatest hitting catchers of all time. 
even though he was a Met. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I, will, I will own, I liked watching Mike Piazza play. But I never thought so many people thought he was overrated until I was in this group and all these people hated him. No, I always thought he was a, a, like a light player, one, one of those players who barreled down and he had to work harder than a lot of other players because of where he ended up. Right. I mean, he went 1390 in the draft. I mean, don't get me 60 wrong. 60 second draft, round. That's a lot of drafts, <laughs> you know. So now he played for the Dodgers, Mariners, Mets, Padres, and Athletics. And he ended his career. The, the last thing he played on was the athletics in 2007. Yeah. He, and he was a DH at that point. He was primarily a catcher. He dabbled in first place here and there, but when he was with Oakland, he was a DH strictly there to, to hit the ball. Um, he was rookie of the year. We already said he was a 12 time all-star 10 times silver slugger and all-star MVP. He's going back to what we were talking about with the hockey one. He's a guy who didn't win a championship, but he's in the Hall of Fame. And he has, the, I, I think, statistic, statistically, he had the case to be a Hall of Famer. Now, he didn't go in until his fourth ballot. But when he finally yeah. did go in, he had 86% of the vote. I'm showing 82.95%. I'm sorry, 82. 83%. Yeah. <laughs> did you have to take your shoes off to count? Yep. <laughs> I <laughs> know oh, he definitely I mean going that going that late in the draft and then being a Hall of Famer I mean it's hard enough to go from player you know going from real late in the draft or even let's say in the minors to make it to the MLB to make it to the big show so it's it's even hard to do that but now going this late and then making it to the Hall of Fame I mean he did it yeah, and he, to me, he he always backed it up as as a player. I mean, you don't get into the Hall of Fame being a crappy catcher. A catcher is a demanding position, and it's definitely a position to where a catcher's lifespan is not long. No, and the fact that he had a sixteen-year career is impressive for a catcher when his only only season he didn't play catcher was his final season in Oakland as a DH. Yeah. So, I mean, he definitely he definitely showed that he deserves to be there. That's for sure. No, absolutely. And I'm not going to say he was a great defensive catcher by any means, but he was a great player. And, then, you know, he, I think probably one of his biggest moments was when him and uh, when him and Clemens got into it, because you know Roger Clemens is in a freaking head case, right? Sorry, I don't like Roger Clemens. <laughs> I couldn't tell. I just have issues with people who th- who freaking throw at their kids <laughs> in a father son game. Yeah, that's messed up. Well, wasn't it Clemens that threw a bat at? Uh... He threw the bat at Piazza. The bat broke, yeah. and he threw it at Piazza. Yeah, and the bat just broke. It's not like he purposely you know, right. like, out to threw the bat at him. The bat just broke, and the barrel. It wasn't like he broke it over his knee, like like Bo Jackson did, you know. You know, and then just and just chucked it at him. It just he took a swing, hit the ball, and the bat just broke, which happens from time to time. Again, Clemens is a head case and a juicer, so 
I hope he never gets into the Hall of Fame. Well, he's a juicer, so that's not going to happen. Nice. Uh, now, I will say the Baseball Hall of Fame, they're cry- the people who vote for the ba- Baseball Hall of Fame are really, they're strict compared to other Hall of Fames. The fact that Piazza was a fourth ballot, I'm not saying he should have been a first ballot by any means, but second ballot, yeah, I think that would be reasonable. Fourth ballot is a little unbelievable at that point. Yeah, but uh, he made it. No, and I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, he's he was great. You know, at least he wasn't like. I mean, did 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 Piazza spend time in the minors, or like down down deep the past? No, like, I think he. I think to... he outright started in the National League. Yeah, because his first debut was in '92 with the Dodgers. And funny enough, he's uh, from good old Pennsylvania. Yeah, he grew up a uh, a Mike Schmidt fan. Yeah. Good old Norristown, Norristown, PA. Um, yeah, because uh, you know, well, like we discussed, when you're that you know that drafted late, I mean, who knows where you're going to end up? You could end up to where you're down. When we went to that Hagerstown game, you could end up down there, right? For all you know. So, so think about this. He hit 427 home runs, and his on-base percentage was just under a perfect percentage, 0.922 on-base percentage. So he was getting he was hitting base almost over 90 percent of the time. That's amazing. That is amazing. I mean, how often do you even see that? You know, I mean, even your great players. That how you how often there, do you see that in a guy built like that? You really don't. You know, and you have these home run hitters who can't even do that. So, but I mean, even being a catcher, I mean, just shocked that he went that many seasons without having, you know, being tossed out of, of that position just because of, well, being the catcher. It says a lot about his conditioning. Now, his defense did improve over time. He, again, like we said about Hall, we said about Brady, he worked hard and he hustled constantly. Oh, yeah. Well, that does get you far. If you, you know, if you hustle and work hard, I mean, that, that gets you far. I mean, look when we went down to Hagerstown for that game. The, they, we got the bobbleheads. Yeah. What was his name? Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. Oh, why do I always draw a blank here? Play for the Yankees. Messina. Yes. Put me on the spot uh, there. Oh, hey, what are friends for? From Williamsport. <laughs> you know, he made the Hall of Fame. And he went in six 18 ballot. seasons. You know, and he was went down to the Hagerstown Suns that wasn't, you know, that basically what they pay to play at that point. <laughs> no, no, no. Hager, Hagerstown was, is it, well, as of now, Hagerstown is still affiliated ball. So it's not pay for play. It's the lower, the lower you get in independent baseball, it's pay for play. So you're talking about like the Pecos leagues or the empire league. Those guys are literally just playing, paying to 
play some type of professional ball, hoping that a scout would look out to them. He was already signed to play. He was already signed by a major league team that led to him playing in Hagerstown. That's a, a bit of a different thing. Yeah, but still, though, you go that deep, you go that far, because is, isn't Hagerstown like half a season? Hagerstown is short season single A, but yeah. all those guys that are playing in Hagerstown, they're with uh, right now they're with the Nats when Messina played for them, they are with the the O's. So those yeah. guys are playing affiliated ball for a minor league team that's part of a parent club with a, a, a major league team. It's when you get into independent ball that you run into those situations of pay for play. But still, though, you, you, you know, you're down that far. Who knows if you're going to make it up? Right. You don't know. You know, and that's the thing, though. Piazza, you know, even with, even with, with Mike here, he didn't really, you know, he, he, he worked his way up through. And Piazza being a late draft as he was, he showed that he deserves to stay there. Exactly. So it's not like he was just saying, oh, here you go. He's the greatest player in the world. Let's keep him there. If he was, he would have went first. Right. <laughs> You know, but going thirteen ninety and still making the Hall of Fame—that says a lot. That says a lot. But that's—it's yeah, it's definitely. Uh, it's definitely. the dra- It's just weird how the drafts are always like with baseball. They're always like a lot of picks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you know, as soon as I saw that pick, like where he went, then when he went thirteen nine, it's like, holy crap! How many rounds are? How many rounds were there? I'm gonna say this because I know Brad from the Baseball Together podcast listens. Uh, I think we need to reevaluate the overrated status of Mike Piazza. I was already of the thought he was not overrated, but I think we need to look into his his thirteen ninety overall draft pick. Um, there you go. You got you know you have a good argument there. No, they're, I, w- I would say that they are friends of our podcast, so. I mean, I, I don't think Piazza is overrated just because he, he, he accomplished a lot for how hard he had to work to keep to where he had to be. All right. You know, to, to, to keep where he had to be and be where he's at. Because think about it, you go 1390, who's going to expect you to stay up in the, in the pros? Who's going to give you the, you know, who's going to give you the opportunity to, you know, the, you know, to play said position, whether it be catcher, right field, pitcher, second base, who, you know, whatever position to go that late in the draft, what you have to prove yourself to be like, Hey, listen, I'm here. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, here's, I'm going to prove to you that I should be here. And I feel he did, you know, just because one, he's in the hall of fame to begin with. Now he doesn't have a championship, but So, but, yeah, definite, definite Hall of Famer, even though he didn't have a championship. So with that, um, let's talk about the holiday season coming up for our third period. Let's talk about some sports. Yay, Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> yay, Christmas. Yay. Santa's coming to town. Elf on the shelf. So you shared with me. Uh, a pretty cool listing of of sports gifts uh, from menshealth.com. There was some interesting stuff, wasn't there? There was. Uh, 
so I figured we could talk about maybe a couple of things we saw in there, and then we each talk about a gift or two that maybe isn't something we we can feasibly get, but something we would totally like. So I'll oh, yeah. I'll, I'll lead off um, since I'm talking. Um, <laughs> sure, why not? Go ahead. So one of the things I liked on the Men's Health article, and I will share the link in uh, on the Facebook page for those of you listening at home. I liked the history of the baseball framed uh, picture because I'm such a baseball nerd. I liked how that looks. I liked how it had the the ball from the dead ball era all the way to the modern type of baseball and all the changes from the 1800s to now. I thought that was a really cool picture. And, and baseball is such a, a history oriented sport that obviously a baseball fan like me is going to love something like that. Well, you should get the, uh, the baseball cufflinks. When am I going to wear cufflinks? <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded good. I guess. <laughs> You don't dress up? Not that I'm working from home now, no. <laughs> you should do that just, just to mess with your wife. No. You should dress up, be like, where are you going, work? That is too much work to, to dress up to work from home. <laughs> too much work to, too much work, you know, too much work to work. Yeah. One of the things that I found interesting was uh, just so, so it's just a lot of things you can do with just, you know, just say just hockey sticks, cut them up to make, let's say the hockey stick barbecue set. I saw that and, and I thought of you instantly. You know, you have the tongs, the spatula, of course, my favorite, the bottle opener, <laughs> which I actually have a bat blue bottle opener. That's the, the, the butt end of a hockey stick. Nice. I do have that. So, but I do feel like that's definitely one that, I mean... I don't know for something like that. Would I want to use it just because of what it is? Well, okay. So you're a pretty crafty guy. What's to stop you? Cause you play hockey. What's to stop you from, from making it? Yeah. I've thought of it. <laughs> I thought of it from all my broken sticks that I, I mean, have collected over the years, but by all means, I don't think it's an expensive gift by any means, but that's something that you yourself could probably make and save some money. Oh yeah. I mean, it's all depending on what you want to make it out of. I mean, all, all my sticks I have are wood. That's how far back that goes. You know, you're sitting there cooking next thing you know, your spash is on fire. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Right. Where are your eyebrows? What eyebrows? <laughs> um, but also, but yeah, it's, I, th- I think it's a neat one. I mean, for 45 bucks, it's a, it's a four piece set. Definitely for the griller in your in your life would love that. Um, so another one I, I saw on here that I really liked, uh, and that's it's because as you know I'm a bit of a stadium and ballpark nerd. Uh, I like the architecture about around them and, and so forth. I liked the 3D stadium picture frame. Yeah, that that is neat. And for the, thirty bucks, that's not bad. No, not at all. And I, I love the, the top-down view of it and how it looks like you're looking down on the stadium and you're seeing the tiered levels in three-dimensional view. I think that's really cool. 
no, it's definitely interesting to see like what, you know, like the different stadiums out there, like how they would actually do that. Because as we all know, each one's definitely unique. Now, from what I saw on the list though, not all teams are in there. No, I don't think they all are, but that's, no. that's something I'm running into um, with FOCO. They do uh, licensed team memorabilia and they do um, puzzles, 3d puzzles. And they do stadium and arena puzzles, and not every team is represented with those. Yeah, because I know they don't have the Phillies in there, so I was just looking at it. Well, that's also possible the Phillies sold out, too. True. Because that would be definitely something to buy. You know, you, you, know you, you go to a game with your family, you can buy one of those, you know, print out the, a picture and put it in there for it. Right. Now, when I saw that, I'm not sure who would play with it more, me or the kids, was a playful sports mug. I'm not sure if you saw that one. I think it's right underneath. Uh, it's a couple. It's a, it's a couple down from the from the 3D stadium. It's basically a bowl with a hoop. Oh yes, I, I saw that. I'd be sitting there playing with my food all the time. <laughs> you you know I would. Let's see. That's when you got to have like some kicks or like a well, they have, a, a they round. Have Cap- sh- yeah, they have Captain Crunch there. They have the Captain Crunch berry for the picture. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I can see you actually with the with the spoon flicking the the Captain Crunch <laughs> into the into the hoop. Stop playing with their food, but why? <laughs> Don't play with their food. No. So, yeah, I think this is a pretty cool list of things. Um, and I like that on this list, the prices range from like $18 to like 200 some. It gives you like a pretty, it's not just all high-end stuff. You know no, what I mean? It's, it's, it's stuff all... that's, that's affordable too. Now, I'm not sure if you saw the baseball uh, park map uh uh, pint glasses have you seen those i did see them so the reason i i didn't really think about them as something that i would like is because it goes back to the like i like the dugout mugs but they look so nice i don't want to you know what i mean i don't want to ruin it yeah um i just want i just didn't know if you saw them because um i have them up right now and it just shows the the map of basically not only since Bank park but the surrounding like roads and things like that. Right. Like, an, you know, almost like a, uh, an uh, zoomed out view. Well, for Citizens Bank Park, it's going to be the parking lot and the Spectrum and, or what was once, what's, was once the Spectrum and Lincoln Financial. Yeah, now it's, now it's Xfinity Live. <laughs> you know, that's definitely a, a, a lot of, a lot of interesting ideas. So, um, what's, what is a gift that you'd like to have that maybe isn't totally feasible to get right now? That's feasible to get feasible. Or or, you... uh, well, you have two down. So why don't you just talk about them and then I'll do my tune. Well, the two that I have is the one that is feasible to get is, is from dugoutmugs.com. 
basically this site is you can get the barrel of bat with your favorite team on it. Uh, we got shot glasses with the Phillies on it. So we were a, so we were a purchase from them and I'm, and the way they look is fantastic. You know, I have no complaints on how they look. They, you know, that they hold, but a lot of it though, you can customize what you actually want. Uh, I saw pictures on their website that you could actually get a picture that you may, that you, that you give them and they put on, which I think that's pretty cool. You know, get a picture of your kids, put on a baseball bat for a mug, even if you don't drink from it, just to have as a showpiece. Right. I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's uh, too far off. And I think they're really neat to even see. Uh, I think I saw them for about 50 bucks, which I don't think that's bad for a customized uh, item. No, not at all. Um, so I, I have, obviously we have the shot glasses and uh, my mother-in-law actually got me a Phillies dugout mug for my birthday this year. And like you said, it, it's, it's, it's definitely a conversation piece. It's, it's something that one, I appreciate it so much. And two, it looks so nice. I, I don't, I almost don't want to use it because it looks so good. <laughs> I mean, cause the yeah. detail they put into it is, is amazing. Oh yeah. They, it's definitely detailed. I mean, it's not like it's something that's cheap. You know, it's, 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 it's not something like cheaply done. It's, it's a nice item to have. And, and so the one she got me is um, it's the Phillies logo, but it's, it's the classic Phillies logo from the eighties with the, with uh, the, the, not the skyline, but you have uh, the picture of city hall in the background. I'm gonna. They also have wine mugs as well. Oh no, that's the logo to see. Yeah. But for those of you wine drinkers out there, they have personal, uh, mugs that are looks like bats so there you go so uh what's your not quite feasible gift that you would like bobblehead a, a customized bobblehead um because according to bobbleheads.com you can get basically yourself put on a bobblehead and it can be very pricey. Yeah, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a bobblehead. So it's, you're, you know, it's kind of expected. So let me ask a follow-up question to you. With this customized bobblehead, can you customize your jersey on it? Uh, from what I'm looking at here, you can do full, bo- uh, full custom head and body bobblehead for $145. All right. So You can also get your dog, too. Follow-up question. Would it be? Do you want to get one for your your wife as well? So, (laughs) would you have your customized bobblehead in your team Hooters jersey or your Monte Carlo jersey? (laughs) Probably my Hooters. (laughs) Probably my Hooters. Now, for those who don't know, uh, when 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 I played, you played for Hooters. That's that's (laughs) exactly. I played for Hooters, and the jersey was 
and Al holds hockey stick with Hooters right across it in the uh, oh, style Flyers third logo. jersey. I mean, it's uh, I have to take a picture of it and we can put it on the Facebook page uh, of it. But no, I would definitely, if I had to get one, I would definitely do that one just because of, of what it was. I mean, that's probably one of my favorite jerseys just because of, of not only its Hooters, but you know, just the way it looked. Yeah, it was a great logo. You know, but, uh, but yeah, now that that's one of the ones where if I do the bobblehead, I would definitely want to get it customized. Now, if you really want to win brownie points with your wife, you can actually get to where you can take your a picture from your wedding and make a bobblehead out of it. I don't think she'd want that. <laughs> yeah, it's, but if you have a sports wife, like a big, big, big sports wife, you might want to for a $254 or yeah, $254.95. <laughs> That's okay. But no, it's, it's, it is neat. It's definitely a conversation piece, but yeah, it's, it, the price is just, you know, in my opinion, which some people it's, it's, you know, it's not a bad price, but in, you know, my opinion, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit salty. Just a tad, which they do have a lot of different. Uh, they have Walking Dead ones. They have uh, historical uh, bobbleheads like Albert Einstein. If you want to go that route, so there's a lot of choices on that site. So, what are you your your picks? Uh, so my my realistic one. Um... And just because I've seen the prices on eBay would be a John Cruck autograph ball. That'd be something to have. Cruck's always been one of my favorite Phillies ever since I was a kid. Uh, I love him now as, as a play-by-play guy. <laughs> He's uh, hilarious as a play-by-play guy. Maybe not the player a kid should want to emulate, uh, but he was always one of my favorite Phillies. He was, you know, he, for a big guy, he hustled. Um, he always had a sense of humor when he played. Just one of my favorite players of all time, and, and his autograph isn't crazy expensive. So, no, that's definitely something to have. That definitely would be. Because then we raced down to Philly that one time for uh, what was it? A practice jersey. Uh, it was. It was a John Cruck practice jersey giveaway because they were honoring the 93 team it was father's day it was their father's day weekend game we went yeah that was a fun game yeah we had a good time that was fun definitely fun especially when it rained (laughs) i can't tell you how many times i've been to games there and it rained and they didn't call the game and i sat in the rain so it doesn't bother me one bit (laughs) um either way it was fun but uh, so my unrealistic one, and it can be very, very unrealistic, and it can be slightly realistic depending on the quality of it, would be uh, a red logo classic WWF intercontinental title replica. <laughs> and I'm going to show you a picture of the one I'm talking about. Okay. So the reason specifically for the red logo one is because that's the one that Randy Savage had. And obviously, you know that that's my all-time favorite pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. 
And I think some of the people listening know that as well, if, especially coworkers who've seen my desk and seen all the Randy Savage paraphernalia mixed in with the baseball paraphernalia. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, you know, look, I, I've mentioned a number of times on this podcast before I'm a big wrestling fan. Um, now, a legit, like, handmade replica from the belt maker who made it is $1,500. Oh, but, no. but I can get a bootleg version of it on eBay on thinner plates for, like, 145 at the most. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, could you appreciate something like that, though, yes. if it's made, like, that low? The biggest difference is that it's probably going to be on. Okay, so I'm a big belt nerd. Um, <laughs> um, no. The biggest difference would be it's not going to be gold plated nickel. It would be a brass plate. So it's going to be cheaper material. The, the weight it would it would still be weight wise comparable. It just the the plate, the type of metal used wouldn't be the same. Um, But we'll see. I mean, it's something that I don't know if I'm going to ever get, but it's definitely something that, you know, you can dream about. Well, we all can dream, you know. But, uh, yeah, those are my two. Um, So, you know, hit us up on Facebook or message us, like we always say to you guys. Let us know what uh, your realistic sports Christmas gift and your unrealistic sports Christmas gift is. Yeah, because there's always something interesting that we might have missed that is interesting to have, interesting to see. Because there's always a bunch of things out there to, to look at. So, yeah, I mean, if you, if, if you could find something, please let us know just because we're always interested to see what's out there and, and what can, uh, you know, what, what, and what you can find. Now, looking through the mug stove, uh, going through the dugout mugs, I was, I was looking further into it. I am not finding where you can do the the pictures. Oh. And I saw it before, and a guy that I work with, I showed it to him. And he's like, that would be pretty cool to have. And he was looking at the same picture I was. But now I'm not seeing it on their uh, website. Hmm. I wonder if they changed it or I wonder if the production just wasn't wasn't there wasn't there but if you go on though you can do like let's say we want to put our logo on a bat right I see that yeah so I wonder if you can do the same thing but here's something cool you could do a handwritten one so you could have the girls yeah you could have them write their names or something and have that yeah yeah that'd be definitely you know, nice to have, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, if, if, if you had, if you guys out there have like something like a, an, an, an interesting uh, sports gift that is, is neat to have, or even just to look at, please let us know, put it up on Facebook, message us, uh, something, you know, just let us know. Yeah. You know, this way we can look at it and hell, we might even get it if it's uh, feasible. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know. Well, so, that was fun. That was a lot of interesting gifts. This was just a good, a fun episode in general. I liked, I really liked the Hall of Fame talk. I thought that was enjoyable. And I think a lot of people listening will enjoy it. Um, and how many people will upset because we didn't add uh, NBA to the mix? <laughs> uh, like, like we had talked about before, the NBA doesn't really have a, a long a big draft. draft pick. Right. Two rounds, so, 60 picks. So anybody It's kind of hard to have round. a late draft pick in, when you only have two rounds. Yeah. Um, but with that, thank you for joining us here in episode eight of the Not Other Sports podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com slash not another sports pod. Please feel free to like, comment, interact with us on the, on the Facebook page. That's what it's there for. The Not Another Sports podcast is available for streaming or download at anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and wherever else you get or steal your podcasts. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. With that, I'm Jason. I'm David. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. You have been listening to the Not Another Sports podcast. Thank you for your listenership. Oh,